0: Hello there, and welcome to the Crypto Frontier. I'm Jonathan Miller, Managing Director of Kraken Australia, and here on the Crypto Frontier, we will hear from the industry's best and brightest about the latest news in crypto and blockchain from Australia and around the world. Whether you haven't yet bought your first Bitcoin or want to better understand the latest DeFi token or development in blockchain, this show will go behind the scenes with founders, experts, and industry professionals to explore the technology that powers the future of finance. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi folks, I recently spoke with Mark Carnegie from Crypto Gaming United, otherwise known as CGU. He has a long history of investment as principal founder of MH Carnegie & Co., and has turned his mind to blockchain technology. He talks to us today about the potential for trustless, blockchain-based, play-to-earn platforms as game changers, pun intended, not only for the gaming world, but for developing world participation in the modern-day economy. We coined the phrase, nano-entrepreneurs. I hope you like it. So, Mark, welcome to the show. And, yeah, if you could tell me a little bit about how you came to crypto.
1: So, obviously, as somebody who... Is of the age that when something new like this comes along, your instinctive reaction is it's a bubble, it's rubbish, I've seen it all before, Pokemon Go, Beanie Beanie Babies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Y2K, bubble stuff, where I'm told I have to spend a huge amount of time worrying about it and in the end it goes away and leaves me to my life. My, you know, the famous investors that I always think about are Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, and Charlie Munger particularly. And what he says is, invert things. So the re- way that I came to crypto was to say, let me invert this and assume that the early adopters and the people who are out there, who were all very smart people, um, are right. And this is going to change the world. Then what? And once you say that, even if you're as old as me, you come up with a whole series of really, really interesting questions. And as I try to say to people, in the end, this problem, which is called the Byzantine Generals Problem, which is what crypto solved or looks like it solved, had been around since 1982. So it wasn't like it hadn't been identified as a huge problem for a long time. It was just that when how Finney and the, CryptoPunks actually solved it in the way that Bitcoin solved it and we can discuss other ways it's been solved subsequently. The people who were, you know, as it were, computer natives realised that that was a big deal and people who, like me, hadn't understood coding, didn't grow up in that world, didn't understand the importance of it. So that was how I came to it, which was basically through Munger and Buffett's idea about inversion and then finding out that, hey, if they have solved the Byzantine generals problem, then a lot of things flow from it and those things are important. So that is broadly it.
0: Mm. Well, that blows open, you know, the conversation. We could talk about everything now um, and I like that idea. But, you know, I I guess we've got you on the show because, um, you know, you're involved in a very particular project. Um, maybe it would be good for you to zoom out around this particular space that CGU is is playing in, and and give me a give me a picture uh, of what Play to Earn is, and 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 I guess where the metaverse, you know, where you see the metaverse, and and that kind of scene setting for me.
1: Yeah, so let's skip over the coins, the payment systems, the fact that the Swift network does one hundred and forty billion dollars a year of turnover on essentially horse and cart and buggy with technology and that crypto does at, you know, a bazillionth of the cost, all of those sorts of things. And so the crypto coins are coming after payments. So that's not my space. The space that I'm interested in as a result of a long time in workforce management and training is the idea that you can find some way to actually engage what I call you know, cognitively gifted and enterprising people who are currently excluded from the world economic system into the metaverse in faster than you can recruit them into normal real-world jobs. That's the core of this argument. And you've got a reference set about why CGU is going to change the world and Axie Infinity is going to change the world. When you think about Impassive, which was the mobile money that was strapped to the telecommunications networks in Kenya. Maybe it's before you were roaming the planet, but everybody thought that development in Africa was going to have to go wireline phones before mobile phones. And then what came out of Kenya was not just mobile phones, but mobile money. And so 47% of Kenyan GDP happens on the telecommunications network and allowed them to just completely leapfrog a huge number of steps and huge amounts of cost and accelerated deployment wildly b- beyond anybody's expectation. Now, I don't know how many of those African countries you've been to, but I, when I was in the Omo Valley, especially in the most extreme isolated area, but with the Mer- Mercy, there were mobile phones up there. And we're talking the most isolated, the most hostile communities to to advance and technology in the world. And yet the mobile phone had made its way up there. So that gives you some idea of how powerful that is. And our sense about play to earn is that those guys at Axie Infinity have been able to do that in the same way for careers and jobs. And I know that sounds absolutely crazy to talk about it as a sort of game changer like that when, you know, the game itself looked at from the point of view of somebody who's an advanced Fortnite player, it's like, well, hold on a second, you're back to the early days of, um, you know, Mario. But nevertheless, what those guys have done with the Ronan chain and stuff like that is to really, really create an arrow point for a change to the way that employment is going to work, micro-tasking is going to work, play-to-learn is going to work. So perhaps I've gone too far the other direction. If you think that the Byzantine generals is you know the existential question that got solved here and now we're down to um, issues about micro-tasking and whether or not there's going to be enough of global GDP attached to micro-tasking. But the reason why I'm so excited about it is you can get people into employment in the metaverse through Axie Infinity. And then the legion of tasks that you can get them to do that are functionally and you know societally productive on the strength of that is absolutely indeterminate and huge. So that is why I'm excited.
0: Okay. That's that's fascinating. And look, let's just hone in then a little bit. Um, and go down that stack. I mean, from your point of view and your experience in 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 workforce management as you as you as you describe, tell me the 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 big problems there, just so our listener can understand. Because we don't we dove in there then, but I just I don't want I don't want that to be skipped over because I think it's really important.
1: You think about somebody who's unemployed and youth unemployment in a whole lot of these countries is 30, 40, 50%. You think about people in the Philippines where this game got going, it was subject to one of the harshest lockdown Environments in the world. Not working in those environments meant not eating. There wasn't any sort of job keeper or you know trillion dollar intervention like there was in the US or every of the other one income support for the Western world. This was absolutely desperation football here for these people, and they were able to earn you know five to fifteen dollars a day, which doesn't sound a huge amount if you're sitting in, in Sydney where. You can buy a lot you know three lattes for 15 bucks but for somebody who's looking for base level rice and stuff like that this is an absolute game changer now once you're on the system and you know there's a million people playing Axie, so it's not a trivial thing at, at this moment then suddenly you go actually i know how to get paid out of the crypto system i know how to get on to a game i know i know i know a whole series of things and what happened was my partner in the training business, the le- teaching people to code in Papua New Guinea, had one piece of the puzzle. And a guy that I'd run into called Sergei Sigenko, um had another part of the puzzle because he'd gone early into crypto from workforce management and training. So he had a whole lot of the training tools ready to go. And then another guy, the guys that we call MM, were two Filipinos who had a huge amount of, of essentially entertainment um, and media skills to be able to create a buzz in the Philippines and get us going and getting the Discord channel and getting the buzz around it and, and getting people excited. So just stipulate for a moment that you can go online, look at the Axie, the small Axie documentary video about how this changes lives. That's your homework. After that, the question is, are there other jobs other than playing a computer game that you can ask people to do? Well, I think the answer is there are many jobs that they can do. And Sergey had two businesses that allowed people to choose jobs and get paid in crypto. And once people started to get paid in SLP, which is the Axie currency, they felt better and better about getting paid in crypto. And they had their payment rails to be able to move crypto into fiat and into actually cash fiat. And then I'm sure you know, but maybe the listeners don't know, that in well-established Axi markets like the Philippines, there are cafes where you can pay in SLP so you don't have to get off Ronan and and pay the, the bridge fees to get out into fiat. So this thing's absolutely extraordinary. Now, I'm not sure, Jonathan, that I I answered your specific question, but you can tell this is a huge, huge rabbit hole. You can go down every different dimension of it. But that is why I'm so excited, because these people have learned so many different things about being part of a banking system in a world where... My partners know about training and get and micro-tasking and getting groups of people to mobilise to do things. And the combination of Marco and Morris, who understand that community better than anyone else, Sergey, who had a whole series of payment and tasking rails, and Roman, who had the training rails as well as the coding as well as the other, it just made a unique set of circumstances for us
0: it's really um, obvious I think that there needs to be more competitors in the space around you know you know play to earn in general uh, but but tell me how CGU, I mean for the benefit of the listener because I've read the white paper I get it um, but for the benefit of the listener w- what specifically is CGU providing in the space? I can see that there's opportunity there uh, but, but how does it, how does a a player come to you, and and what do they get, and why why do they come to you instead of just going direct to so, to say some of the the play to earn games?
1: Yeah, so fundamentally you can't play Axie now because the whole system's so alive without a thousand bucks, and people come to us because they don't have the thousand bucks to buy the Axies. Let's not pretend it's for any other reason. Yeah, if you're struggling to earn five dollars a day to eat, you don't spend a thousand bucks on three genera, you know computer-generated axolotls, yeah? It's just not on your payment stack. So ultimately what this is, Jonathan, at its base is a joint venture between labour and capital. We bring high-risk capital, which buys the axes. The player brings labour in terms of playing and we, you know, after paying costs for the system and stuff like that, we broadly split the profits. So it's nothing other than the story of capitalism from the beginning of time. Some people are willing to take risk with their labour and some people are willing to take risk with their capital and come together. And what I say to people in terms of the head scratcher here is people can't believe in the sorts of returns you earn out of running an Axie Guild at the moment and I'm sure in time they're going to go down. But if I took you to Lusaka, and, and into a market there at the moment, and you were trying to borrow money in a street market in Lusaka or Antanarivo in Madagascar or any one of these other countries, the interest rate you'd be charged if you could get the money is 35%. And it's not 35% a year, it's 35% a month. So the thing that just people can't understand about why this is behaving the way it is, is that these guys aren't borrowing the 1000 bucks from us. They don't have a personal guarantee on it, yeah? And their alternative in terms of capital to get them entry-level capitalism jobs is to borrow at 35% a month if they possibly can get it. And the consequence from not paying in that world is not that you hand your axes back, It's that you're in some serious, serious strife in a very, very tough country in the world. And that goes to why this is such a big deal and why it can only happen in crypto, because you need to create a trustless, trusted market. I've done enough in fintech in Africa and enough in lending in Africa and developing markets to know those 35% interest rates, they sort of sit there. But the number of ways that the system can go wrong, and it is perversely incentivized to destroy trust rather than create it. And what happens in these guilds is that you've got the perfect trustless trust system. You've got a group of people who are trying to build a movement, everyone's wholeheartedly supporting getting. Um, income into the hands of people in these emerging markets and you take a risk on yes it's a special you know speculative asset class nfts but it's not ridiculous right compared to the modern art movement in australia or people buying the seven series bmw rather than the five series the axes they're you know a perfectly legitimate speculative a- asset class and given the feds busted fiat sitting there and owning dollars ain't the greatest idea in the world when they're paying 0% interest rate either.
0: Yeah, the, the macro context, I think, plays through all of crypto, doesn't it? All the way down. Um, yeah, so I guess what, what I'd like to learn, and I know that you guys have launched recently, um, what I'd like to learn is, firstly, what the short-term to medium-term kind of objectives are. And, and then secondly, you know, let's go beyond that. Let's kind of go wide again. And I'd like to see like the the kind of vision as to what else, what other tasks there might be like, let's crystallize a little bit what those opportunities might be in the space.
1: Yeah. So, you know, our basically our short term is 100,000 what we call freshmen, which are recruited into the metaverse on a set of payment rails paid for something. And 10,000 people who are actually Axie scholars earning some, it grows somewhere between 120 and 140 SLP a day. Those are our narrow objectives. Sort of can we get there by Christmas? Um, unclear. Can we get there by April Fool's Day? Absolutely certain, yeah? And if the economics of Axie continue to hold, that's going to be a, a very, very valuable business. It's going to have, you know, real world turnover that justifies where the coins are trading at at the moment, you know. So that's the short-term objective. So one, bookend that. What are we trying to do? 10,000 players, 100,000 freshmen. We have, we you know, we got 60,000 on Discord. None of the Russians or the CIS guys use Discord. So do we have half as many again in Russia, given that it's as you know, huge, huge lever of our competitive advantage, or do we have the same amount? It's unclear to me but we're gonna move them from just being on a Discord channel to actually on payment rails that work on Timex, yeah? So that's the short. The long is, my objective is to see half a trillion dollars move from the top of the world economic stack to the bottom via these guilds and these play to earn and these micro-tasking on crypto, yeah? And that's, you know, half a percent of world GDP, doesn't sound a lot but it'll change an enormous number of people, people's life if we can go and do that and it's going to create a completely different set of patterns around the perverse incentives that destroy people's lives in emerging markets. So that's the other end and then the issue that you're talking about at the moment it, that you identified which is okay well you get play to earn but anybody who's my age just can't understand how The crypto games coming after mainstream games is actually going to work and how the 200 billion of turnover in mainstream games is going to get attacked you can just see their eyes fog over about that so that don't play so well what are the other sorts of jobs that you can get people to do and pay them the most obvious is to do with doing surveys you know there are people who will pay you to do surveys there's jobs that aren't quite as exciting as that, like capture that get done. There's all sorts of different things that you can do in terms of interrelating social media and how social media works. And for people who are trying to continue to make money out of Instagram or of the other social media areas where they, their economics, leave aside that it might or might not make sense, really rely on having you know, anywhere between 10,000 and 50,000 engaged followers, yeah, and it doesn't need to be that they directly sell off that, you just need to have a well-activated social media community, and if you can plug with one of these guilds, get them enthusiastic about what you're doing on social media, then you've got this dynamic of recruiting from the metaverse in order to, in my view, advance a legacy system economy, which is, you know, the Instagram economy. But I don't know how much of that Instagram book you read. But I mean, the Instagram economies, 200 million people are employed effectively at better than a living wage on Instagram at the moment, plus all of the pull through from that. Yeah. So you've got a trillion to two trillion of GDP in Instagram, where this can draft off that for the next decade um, in a very, very effective way. I don't think people have seen it yet, but I completely think this is something that's going to draft off the Instagram
0: economy. I think what you know what I'm taking from this is that you're seeing a Web three takeover of legacy internet, and that this you know that this is part of it. That NFTs are part of it, part of a broader uh, rails. Uh, and 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 platform platforms that can leverage these models will win over legacy. And wh- one other thing I wanted to bring up, and I, and and this kind of came to mind when I was hearing about your experience in, in lending markets and, and kind of pitting uh, third world or developing world, uh, excuse me, uh, lending markets versus versus what we experience. Is this, in in essence, kind of at its broadest sense, a lending play?
1: No, I think it's. I think it's bigger than that, right? I think it's a joint venture play. For me, the core of this is I'm a believer in capitalism as a lever of human advancement. And I think a huge amount of the defects in capitalism can be traced back to what Adam Smith said in The Theory of Modern Sentiments, as well as The Wealth of Nations. Ultimately, you need to create a situation where the trust environment and the regulatory environments work. So I can have a huge, huge dispute with people who believe that communism, some amount of socialism or some amount of deluded dreaming or whatever, is a better system of the world. I just don't believe that. I'm religiously committed to the view that Adam Smith took, which is markets, well-functioning markets and enterprise work better. So why I'm so excited about this is that I believe the core of what advanced um, humanity from the time that Luther was writing his 95 theses has been this idea of individual enterprise and individual thought. So what I think this is, is a joint venture between capitalism, which is really out of ideas in the West at the moment, and a whole series of enterprising people who don't need to listen to stories about victimhood, just want to get on with life because they are socially excluded at the moment. So you have all of the magic of entrepreneurial capitalism suddenly being recruited into the metaverse via these joint venture arrangements. Yeah, How it's going to look is unimaginable, and it's clearly not going to look the way it is at the moment, but it is going to be enormous. If it was just money, right, I've seen the perversity of the incentives around just finance, yeah? And I don't like this. What I like is seeing what happens, and you can see it on the Discord groups, what happens when these guys go through their first payment cycle and realise this isn't bullshit. And, you know, guys means men and women. It's incredible, Jonathan. This is back to micro-entrepreneurialism or micro-micro-entrepreneurialism. And where that leads, I don't know. But it is absolutely going to change the world.
0: Empowering nano-entrepreneurialism, uh, nano I, I like that.
1: I like your nano-entrepreneurialism. That's a better line than I've come up with. You know, I've basically <laughs> said, you know, workforce management and training for the meritocracy of the metaverse. But I like your nano Nano entrepreneurialism better than mine.
0: You can have that one. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it spread through the metaverse. Look, well, Mark, I think you know. I like to keep these conversations, um, you know, tight, and I and and I really appreciate the time that you've had, uh, you've given us t- today to share to share your insight because it's been you know really actually quite eye opening, and I'd love to talk to you to more about some of the more macro macro ideas and how blockchain can solve macro problems. But this, this is the, I guess, perhaps your first foray um, of many. But yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me. Been great.
0: Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been the Crypto Frontier.